Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. Thank you to the worship team and that line, yet not I, but in Christ through me, uh, sums up a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, We're looking at this theme of what does it mean to be people who are called, who pursue this, this calling of being the people of God, that this extends to everyone. And today we're going to be looking at what does this look like in terms of discernment? How are we to be a people who discern well? Um, In doing this, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, and that could be found on page 1867, and we're also going to be reading Romans 12, uh, 1 through 2, Uh, we'll actually be reading the whole chapter there. Uh, Reading all of Romans chapter 12, uh, which, by the way, if you're looking for it, is on page 1,763, Uh, we're going to read the whole chapter uh, because it has some rich things to say beyond what's going to be mentioned uh, in the message here. And you're invited, as we just continue our reading through, to listen to see, is there something that the Spirit is saying to you through this passage? And maybe you're going to want to read this passage later. I think it's good just to have these words of Scripture spoken over us, to have them wash over us, and to be attentive to God speaking in it. So let's begin reading first Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is true worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. 
Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of a low position. Do not think that you are superior. Do not repay anyone evil with evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now from Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Annika, so... Feeding solids or introducing solids is something fairly fresh in my memory, and I don't know if I was properly warned about how like nerve-wracking it would be, uh, just like giving something solid, hoping that they would chew and like know what to do with it, not just to swallow the solid thing right away. So I'm still kind of dealing with that. But we did. We we slowly introduced the different foods the different textures until she was comfortable with it and basically just eating the things that we had. Now, in Hebrews, we are told of this community that, that are well past Annika's age but refusing to eat solid foods. They refuse to take the steps towards maturity. It's just too much. They're contented with the simplicity that they live in, or at least that's the picture that we kind of get. We get people that are aged to grown-ups, but are just kind of big infants. Uh, they haven't developed the maturity that goes alongside their aging in faith. Now, this is something at Living Hope that we would push back against as well. We would kind of wholeheartedly agree with what's in Hebrews. In our vision statement, we say that we are growing in hope together through Jesus, that, that growing is part of our very identity, that together each of us are called to grow on this journey that we're on. And growing doesn't happen by accident. 
growing in our passage here is something that is done through the training of themselves by constant use. There's this intentionality in the training that the people have brought themselves under. Now, for Paul as well here, this training, um, he, he, he takes on that image for his own life. Uh, when he's talking in 2 Timothy, we were looking last um, or a few weeks ago, he says that he has run the race, he has fought the good fight. He, he describes his own faith journey in terms of this type of training, this intensity that he was growing in the midst of. The Christian life, as described in our scriptures here, is not one of ease or one that's content in staying in the shallows, but one that invites us into depth. Notice, too, that this has words of discernment in them, that they are able to distinguish good from evil. Now, in this training, there, there's kind of this language of, of what does it mean to discern what God has to say to us, that, that we need to be able to discern what is good and what is evil, what is from God, what is God speaking to us, and what are the voices that may be coming from elsewhere. Maybe what is God and what is my own voice? What is God and what are the voices that are coming from our culture, the broader society? And we need this constant training of the self to be growing as people who discern. Now, I spent a little bit of time uh, after I graduated from high school involved with coaching. And coaching, uh, especially volleyball, you get the sense that to develop in any sort of skill, you need to repeat things. You need to repeat them a lot. Now, one of the most basic skills in volleyball is passing. And whenever we'd coach passing, whatever level we were training people at, whether it's just beginners or um, the, the kind of more elite players, we would still go over the basics, the fundamentals. We would say, wrists and hands together, that you'd have to have your platform to your target, and you would move your arms nice and straight and simple. You can take notes if you ever want to play volleyball. So the three tips. Now, you can know those tips. You can be thinking to yourself, wrists and hands together, platform to target, straight and simple. I don't have to be all floppy. Just keep it nice and straight. You can think that over and over again. You can know the right directions for how to pass. And maybe we could do this as an exercise later if we wanted. We could toss a volleyball and everyone would know that. But it doesn't mean you're going to be perfecting that skill simply by hearing the instructions for it. It takes practice, it takes repetition. We do it thousands and thousands of times, just practicing over and over, making sure we actually know how to do some of those fundamentals, those basics, over and over again. And that's not just for volleyball, that's for any sorts of things that you do, whether it's learning a new language, or learning to read, or learning to cook. All, all sorts of things in life take repetition for us to be able to master, to mature in those skills. But when it comes to something like discernment, often we think of it a little bit differently. 
When a pressing decision comes our way, we suddenly hope to just know how to do it, to be like suddenly mature in it without any practice. We think that maybe we can skirt the hard stuff and just make the decision. At times, too, this, this comes under the, we tr pass it off as piety. You just say, well, we'll leave it up to God to give a yes or a no, as if God were some sort of vending machine that just helps us to bypass this process of discernment. Or maybe we think we can acquire discernment by reading the right books or listening to the right sermons, just getting the right steps. If I just know those three things that I have to do, then I will have that skill kind of in my back pocket for when it's needed. But like any other human activity, when we discern, we need to, we need to learn how to be doing this. We need to grow as discerners. Again, with volleyball, I can say we can think in our heads, wrists and hands together, keep the arms straight, platform to target, but if we don't actually practice a skill, it won't be developed. In a, a book called Listening to God in Times of Choice, The Art of Discerning God's Will, um, Gordon Smith has a reflection on this that I want to read. He says, if we think about discernment only at the critical junctures of our lives, only at these big moments where we have to make a big decision, we will remain immature and at best just submit to some sort of decision. We'll just say, I just have to make a choice. Leave it with that. Ideally, our lives should be ordered for discernment. We don't just practice discernment, we want to be a discerning people. Those who practice discernment most effectively are those who over the years mature as discerners. Uh, so just a little background on Gordon T. Smith. Uh, he, is, he does a lot of leadership coaching, is involved with um, as a, a president of a Christian institution. Um, in engaging with other people and sees, and from his own experience and from his diving into Scripture, is making these observation, who are the people that are mature in their discernment? Who are the people that can be depended on to make these types of choices? And he says here, we don't just practice discernment. We are called to be a discerning people. The Bible is clear that we are to be a people of wisdom who, who practice discernment. This doesn't mean that we're constantly throwing ourselves into big decisions that every day we need to make this life-altering decision, but that we should be practicing our discernment in the day-to-day, -day, the month-to-month, -month, the year-to-year. -year. And, and the challenge, I guess, that we have in the midst of this is to say, is this us or is this you? Are you a person who is intentionally developing in your discernment? Are we practicing growing into a people of maturity? Are we doing this not just for the major life decisions, but on a more regular basis? I'm sure there's, there's places in your community or your work where you can be practicing discernment more intentionally. But, but one place that I want to encourage us is here in this church community. A simple application for many of us will be coming in the upcoming month as the new school year of ministry, as the school year approaches, the new ministry year approaches. 
will have opportunities to serve or ministries to join or to be a part of? Is this a year to step out and join a small group or, or have the group that you've been a part of, your Bible study, to be going back again? Is this a year where you could be leading youth? Or is this a year to transition into a different ministry? Is this a year where you want to look at what, what would it mean for me to be an elder or a deacon? All of these things are things that we may be invited into, into discernment. Looking at Romans chapter 12, I left my markings. There we go. Looking at this, we see that there's a statement here about God's will. That, that God's will is something that can be discerned in some way. We can test and approve what God's will is. That God's will isn't just some mystery, something that just exists out there. That this is something through a form of discernment that we can know what God's good and pleasing and perfect will points us towards. And one of the prerequisites for that, if we keep moving backwards in the text, we'll see that the person who is able to test and discern what God's will is, is one who is transformed by the renewing of their mind. We have this transformation that needs to be there. And this is, again, in opposition to the patterns of this world. So someone who is not just conforming to the patterns of the world, but has this transformation. Now, Paul doesn't really get into what exactly this can look like, but we can look at the rest of the chapter, and we just read through a whole chapter of maybe what it looks like for um, being conformed to the pattern of the world. We can look at this passage even here. I'm not sure if it's dark enough, but he says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Right there, we have an example of what it might look like to be in the patterns of the world, to try think of yourself as a big deal, to try put the authority on yourself, to be thinking of you more highly than others. That is an example of being in the pattern of this world. And there's more examples if you want to read through that chapter again. The invitation, though, is to have this transformation into the renewing of the mind. Now, Paul also doesn't tell us how we are to be renewed, but there's two ways that show up in Paul's letters, and that's submitting to the Spirit and to the Word of God. And I'll add a third one in there that I think is important, and it goes with what it means to be attentive to the Spirit and to God's Word, and that is that we do this in community. Uh, that we don't pursue our, our faith lives, we don't pursue God's calling on our own, we do so as the body of Christ. One of the primary metaphors of what it means to be a Christian is that we are all one body, and again, that shows up in the rest of Romans 12. Looking at the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates us, who forms us, who speaks to us. We are to be listeners in what God speaks to us from within. Sometimes it can be hard to discern. What is the Spirit? What is my own voice? What is the Spirit? And, and what, is, what are the messages that the world are bringing my way? 
Sometimes we actually don't really give the time to actually listen, to take the time to differentiate the voices. We just kind of hear it as one big barrage of voices that are coming our way. So this is part of why we are looking at discernment in the context of growing in maturity. We're not just people who know the right steps for the big decisions that come our way, but we are to be people of discernment. We're to be a people that are attentive, that listen inwardly. So as a practice, I actually recommend just finding a space of stillness, finding a time where your racing mind can be slowed, where you can clear the clutter and the noises of your own mind and just take time to listen. Listen to desires that you have, the ways that your heart is being pulled. Ask yourself, is this something that, that God might be speaking to me? Is this a way that God may be forming you or calling you, or is this a voice that's coming from somewhere else? And in the midst of that, don't just sit there with that, but you're invited to talk to God about it, to pray to God, to take that time to listen. And a key partner in that type of activity is looking at Scripture. What does God's Word have to say? We can be students of God's Word. We can study it. We can look through and, and do kind of methodical studies, see what, what is God's character? How is it revealed? What does this say about what it means to be the people of God, how we are meant to respond? And more than that, more than just studying and going through the details, I invite you into opening a practice to seeing how is God's Word speaking to us. Remember from last week, this is something living that can speak. Uh, if you're interested in a Reformed resource that I think encourages this well, there's a resource called Seeking God's Face. Now, Seeking God's Face is a devotional that goes through each day of the year, and it will have a, two different Scripture passages to go alongside that. And it doesn't really have an explanation of what's in those passages. It simply invites you to read it again, to read it again with a reminder that God is present, that God may be speaking, to, to leave yourself with one of the words and to pray to God about it. And this can open up perhaps a new way of engaging God's Word. If that's a new practice to you or you've, you've tried it once or twice and you thought, well, that's not really my thing, I, I encourage you to actually keep going with that sort of practice. It's something that we, again, can grow in maturity in. It's not necessarily something that's going to be natural and immediately something that we take up. Some of these things take that training that we talked about earlier. Now, throughout the series, we've been centering in on what it means to be a people of God's Word, that we are formed by God's Word as a place where God reveals Himself to us. In Romans, I already got it underlined nicely there, we are to be transformed is the passage, or is how the passage puts it. Um, be transformed is different than saying that you have to transform yourself. Uh, the way that it's worded, it's, it's a passive thing almost. 
The transformation doesn't come from your efforts of transformation, but in submitting yourself before God in prayer and through Scripture. We are to be people who grow in maturity by taking on the practice of growing who we are in Christ, remembering that it's not our own inner strength that brings about our transformation, but we are continually placing ourselves before Christ. And that's the invitation that we have here in listening to God's call. We have to trust that Jesus is actually working something good in us. We have to trust that the Holy Spirit really does speak to us, that it really does form us. We have to trust that this word really does have something to say about who God is. And what does it say about God? The Bible tells this big story of a God who loves us in the midst of our wandering, in the midst of our not getting it right. The Bible's full of stories of people who do not discern properly, who get it wrong, but God still shows his love for them. In fact, God sends his son to die for the people who are not getting it right so that they can be invited into that eternal life. This is the one who invites us before him to grow in maturity, taking on the qualities of eternal life where we can be people who discern what is good and what is evil, having Christ form us more and more into his likeness each day. At this point, I invite the, the worship team to come forward, and I'll give an invitation to everyone to, to practice something here as you go your home, maybe it's something you can do tonight. Find a time to quietly listen. Maybe it's discerning something that you've been mulling over for some time, that you haven't actually brought before God, spoken to God about this, listen to what God may be saying to you. Just take a time to speak that before God. Maybe it's something regarding the church, whether it's serving, joining a ministry in a different way. Whatever it may be, take time to think and to pray. And more than that, talk to others about it. Remember, these practices of prayer and discernment through Scripture are not things that we do on our own in isolation. We are a people meant to be in community. Now, whatever is the case for you, Whichever place you're invited into discernment, remember that discernment is something that we need to be practicing. It's not simply a skill with three different points, three different steps to get the right decision each time. We are people who are meant to grow in wisdom, so remember back to that image of volleyball. You need to actually practice the skill. So that's the encouragement for today. Take that time to practice, not just hear about it, but develop and mature as discerners. Let's come before God in prayer. Dear Lord, there is so much that fills our day. Sometimes we want an easy way out. We want a definite answer rather than facing the challenges of discernment that we are called to. Help us to grow in maturity and in wisdom. May we be continually growing not content 
with remaining where we are, but listening with open hearts what you have to say to us. May we be sensitive to your Spirit's guidance, attentive to your Word and how you are revealed through it. And through your Word, may we grow in the strength and courage we need to live into the calling that you give us. Thank you that we can turn to you with full trust that you are the God who is good, that your guidance is right and true. And thank you that we can turn to you even though we know that we have not always gotten it right, that you forgive us, that you are patient with us, and that you still speak to us, guiding us more into your likeness as you call us. So be with us as we explore your calling in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.